Thank you. Thank you very much. Very warm of you. Very nice of you. It's great to be here with you all the way from Australia. Uh, today I want to speak about, uh, you've got it up there, which is great. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. This is Christ. Now this teaching is totally foundational. You must build your life on this teaching. If it's not built on this teaching, you're not going to go anywhere. It's not about how good a worship leader you are. It's not about how well you preach. It's not about how good your marriage is even. It's about how strong Christ is in your life. The apostolic's all about Christ being formed in your life. Then you build worship leading on that. Then you build your marriage on that. I'm telling you, if not, if you're building it on just your gift, your gift will fall over. Christ cannot fall over. It's impossible. He can stand any test. And if he's living in you and coming through you, that's what he was trying to speak to you today. When he speaks to you, he'll speak his character into your life. He spoke his character into my life as I stood there today. And it touched my heart. I was not thinking it in my mind. He spoke it into my heart. And I knew it was from heaven. Heaven touched my heart. I received it. Now, my job is now to hold on to that. And I'm going to remember that tonight again. I'm going to remember that tomorrow. I'm going to keep that alive in my life till it forms in me and I've got it. And it's just part of my life. And that means heaven will just operate through me. It's, it's really not hard or complicated. It's just heaven is one thought away. As you're worshipping God, it's just a thought. It's one thought away and suddenly heaven is there. And you go, gee, I wasn't thinking that. And he says, I adore you. Take that. Take it quickly. Hold on to it. My father just told me he adores me. I am loved. And so whatever it says that you're not loved has to go. It all has to go. And heaven will just dominate and take hold of your life, which is exciting. So in Antioch, the first, uh, the first expression of disciples there was Christians. Christians. Little Christ. It's so important we want to see Christ formed in us. And the cross is the whole pinnacle of Christianity. It's, it's where the joy set before him, this terrible death. The death on a cross is where the nails on your feet, you had to push up from the nails and take a breath. You die of asphyxiation. Because every time, so you take about 12 breaths right here, right now, you'll take about 12 breaths without even thinking about it. But when you're under duress and you're running a race and so on, you'll take about 30 breaths because you're paying the oxygen debt. When you're on the cross, you probably have to push up every two seconds. Agonizing, push up every two seconds. And take a breath. And then drop down again. And that's, it's the most torturous death the Romans could think of. The longest, most torturous death possible. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So the, one of the worst deaths on earth, he thought... Oh, that's the joy set because it's going to change humanity completely. You'll never be the same again. I want to talk to you today before the cross, the cross and after the cross, how we live. This is foundational to your life. This is where everything can live off this. Everything can live off Christ in your life. We're going to look at this in Ephesians today. This is so important to our life. So it's um, in John 1.12, it says, those who received him, he gave the right. He gave the right. If you receive him, so when you receive a word from heaven, you're receiving him. Receive him. He gave the right. He gives you the right to become. To become the son of God. To become a child of God. He gives you the right. So those who received him, he gave the right to become children of God. So it's, it's, that's a whole step. It's receiving him. Some of you I saw didn't receive from heaven today. Just sat there and looked at me. It's impossible to receive from heaven doing that. Some of you was just sitting down. Some of you will never change in that case. Some of you, your arms are stretched out and I'm believing that you're receiving from God. Who did God speak to you today? Could you just wave your hand at me? It's It's precious. When you receive, it gives you the right to become what you've just received. It gives you the right. 
And that will be more like a child of God, will be more like Christ in you and living in you. When God speaks, it's always aligned to what Christ is. So that's where God wants to speak that into your life. So our marriage gets better because Christ gets more in my life. Our marriage would be worse if he wasn't. You can't just have a good marriage without God. I need him forming in me. Keep loving Karen. Forgive Karen. Go the extra mile. Love her this way, Peter. And I pick that up. Heaven speaks to me and I pick that up and I do that. I want to obey that. And then he gives me the right to be a good husband. He gives me the right to have a good marriage. He gives me the right to be a child of God. These are the the decisions that you need to make in your life. What is your foundation? What is your foundation? In everything you do, it should be, this is how Christ would do it. This is his attitude. This is his nature and so on. His nature is his personality. And we take on his nature. We become a child of God. We take on the nature of being a child of God. It's very, very powerful what God wants us to do. The cross must become the centrality of Dream Center. Christ must become the center of it. If not, other churches will find something else. A counseling program, a great youth program. But if it's not built on Christ. So why do we disciple Scott for a whole year and pour thousands of dollars into discipling young people and now lots of couples that come from around Australia? Why? To build Christ in them. Nothing but Christ in them. Because we know they'll be invincible. They'll have great marriages because Christ will be the centre of it. They'll have a great business because Christ will be the centre of it. In everything they do. So that's where Jesus thought, I'll build myself into these men over two to three years and they'll think like me and be like me and act like me and then I'll leave Holy Ghost on them and off they go. He didn't say, I want to teach you to be good entrepreneurs. I want to teach you to be good worship leaders. He said, I'm going to teach you to have Christ on the inside of you and establish Christ on the inside of you. And every time I go away, the Holy Ghost says, you've got to be like Christ here. You've got to act like Christ here. This is how I want you to speak, Peter. Not like the old Peter. The new Peter, which is the Christ in you. Which is so important. So before the cross, everyone. Before the cross. I've got to click it, don't I? Sorry. Okay. Before the cross. We were once powerless. Before the cross. Before we knew Jesus Christ, we just didn't have any power in our life to change us. I was getting a lot worse. I was smoking more dope to cover up more pain, drinking more drink to cover up more pain in my life, more partying and so on, and it was getting worse and worse and worse. I was more and more powerless as I was without that cross, without Christ in my life. It says in um, Ephesians 2, it says, In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world under the ruler of the kingdom of the air. This is before the cross. Ephesians 2 is about the cross, everyone. This is just talking about before the cross. So I was under the power of the air, which was the demonic realm, was influencing my life. You're either in the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light. You can be in the kingdom of light and not operate out of the cross, though. You'll find out that today. And that's where you'll be a miserable Christian. Or you can be a powerful Christian, which we'll look at today. Okay, uh, uh, the Spirit is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature. So we're under demonic powers and we gratify the cravings. And so I'm gratifying my cravings and my cravings are getting worse and worse and worse. Gamblers don't stop at one level, they just get getting worse. Drug addicts don't stop at one level, they keep taking more drugs. It's gratifying, it just gets worse. A liar doesn't say, oh, only one lie a week. It becomes one lie every day. It's one lie every hour. It just gets worse because you're in trouble. Your flesh is out of control. The good thing is it can bring us to Christ. Anyone who doesn't know Jesus Christ today, you can have him come into your heart, live in your heart and change your whole life. Or else you're just battling, battling against a demonic realm who has a course for you, who has a pattern for you, the ways of this world. He has a way for you to walk. And I didn't know there was another way until I met Jesus Christ. So overcoming our flesh. But, I love that, isn't it? But God. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, 
made us alive in Christ. God just loved us. He saw us stuck in our flesh. He saw us under the power of darkness. And God so loved us that he showed his mercy and made us alive in Christ. He said his plan was, I want to bring them alive in Christ. I want Christ to take over their life. So that was God's heart for us. Even when we were dead in transgressions, even though we had lots of sins and I had lots of problems in my life, it is by grace that you've been saved. Remember at that time when you were separate. So just remember. Remember what you were like before Christ. Just imagine if you never met Jesus Christ, what would you be like today? Because flesh always gets worse. You always get uncontrollable. It's out of order and so on in your life. And just remember, it says to remember what you were like. It's good to do that. Go, thank God I went to that marriage in Richmond. Thank God I went to church. Thank God I continued to follow. Thank God I continued to be disciplined and changed in my life after meeting Christ. Excluded from citizenship in Israel or from the church, you could say, and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in this world. That's where you've got to remember at once you were in that state. And at 22 years of age, at once I was in that state, lost from God. Before the cross, for it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. So there God opened up a way that Christ would come and live in us and we would live a life by his grace, by his favour. We'd be saved. Anyone here today? That's how you receive Jesus Christ into your heart. If you don't know him, you come and receive Christ into your life and God gives you grace. That's unmerited favour in your life. He forgives you of all the things that are holding you in bondage and just delivers you in your life. We just have people every day getting delivered and coming under the power of cross, coming under where Christ then fills their life. More and more, this is so important in their lives. It's a free gift from God. It's just a gift that is given from God. You can't earn it. My father in his 70s used to say, Peter, there's got to be, there's got to be some price I have to pay. And I said, no, Dad, it's just a free gift. He said, so surely I have to do something that's right to get that. I said, no, you can't do anything right. It's just a free gift. It's by God's grace. And Christ will come and live in your life, Dad. And you'll never be the same again. And he read the word from that day onwards. He started going to church from that day onwards. It changed his whole life. The things that had him in bondage suddenly began to lose their grip in his life. It's not by works, as I explained to my dad. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us in advance to do. Grace, everyone, is God's riches at Christ's expense. Sorry, looks like. God's riches at Christ's expense. So God's very best for you because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. There's this grace that's released to you, this favor that's released to you. This is what happens before the cross. This was explained to Karen and I. I was living with Karen. My sister came to witness to us, used to tell us all about Christ. and We'd sit there and listen to her and she brought us to that place that we knew that we needed to receive Christ. There was only one way in life. And that's the decision that we had to make. So that's the journey before the cross. And then there's the cross, what the cross represents. Can we look at the power that the cross represents in our life? This is so important. I'm sure everyone has taken that journey here. I'm sure everyone has taken that step here where they've received Christ into their life. If you haven't, again, I appeal to you today. I appeal to you today that you would receive Christ into your life today. If you don't know, you might not be saved at all. You just know. You know when he comes into your life. You know when he lives in your life. And I encourage you today that you would receive Christ into your life. You live by his power. You live by his grace. You live by faith from this point onwards. The cross is the place where... The cross is the place where in Galatians 2.20 says that I am crucified with Christ. When we receive Christ, we are crucified together. We embrace the cross with him. that He's died on the cross. He has taken our place there and we are also take that place of crucifixion with Christ. He's taken it for us. 
It's an amazing step that the cross is the place where we become one with Jesus. There's six exchanges that take place in Ephesians 2 here. The six exchanges that I wanted to share with you today. This is very important for you to know. You should know these off by heart. You should know them very solidly in your life. You should take this into your prayer time. You should live out of these. Because this is the way we have to live our life. We should worship lead with these as our foundation. We should have a marriage with these as our foundation. If you have a job, these should be the foundations that we should uh, have deep on our heart. That this is now the life we now live. It's so important to us. I had um, uh, a, we have a deaf pastor in our church and he stood up and, and he spoke. The morning I spoke on this in our church and he stood up. He said, once I was a homosexual. And I was in bondage, but I received Jesus Christ and he gave me the power to break that bondage. I had another young man stand up and said, once I was a nine-year drug addiction, couldn't get rid of, but I received the cross and the power of Christ and I had not touched drugs from that day. We had another person uh, stand up and uh, who is a gambleholic for about 20 years of his life. And so on. And he stood up and he said, I walked into this church. I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. I received the power of the cross in my life. And I haven't touched gambling from that day. And he works in the high rollers room in our casino. Where hundreds of thousands are lost every night by gambleholics. And it doesn't affect him at all. How can that be? Power of the cross. It's... it's so the uh, Pastor Rod's not wanting to go back to homosexuality. Pastor, the power of the cross has delivered him. Yeah. Anthony doesn't want to go back to drugs. Doesn't even think about them. The power of the cross has delivered him. Gambling, he can work right in the hottest gambling place in Australia and it can't affect him. Sure. And the gambleholics anonymous are coming to him. How did you do it? And he said, through Jesus Christ. No cancelling. Tried that for years and years and years. It's the power of the cross. I received Jesus Christ into my life. That's where, how will I ever get this marriage together, God? By the power of the cross. How will I ever get my life together and all the woundedness? By the power of the cross. It's, it's the most powerful that we must acknowledge it. You must write it up. I used to write these scriptures up in my life. First, reconciliation by means of the cross. He from the two might create in himself one new man. The cross creates you we spoke about marriage yesterday that male female become one the scripture when it speaks about one man it's very powerful god's going to take christ and you and make one person the cross makes you into one person so and he's going to win if you stick with him and follow him keep coming to church christ will keep taking over your life and form in you and become one man it's just so exciting. That's why the enemy will try and get you out of church. That's why the enemy will try to get you into rebellion because he can only work in the hearts of the disobedient. But no, I'm just going to continue to follow Christ. And it forms one man in us. It's just so important. Marriage is a mystery where the two become one. There's another mystery here where you receive Christ and he begins to take over your whole life and live in you. And so therefore, in everything I addressed from my, that day I received him, it's through Christ. There's, there's two decisions, the old Peter or the Christ in Peter. And I have had to learn, so Lord, the old Peter wouldn't forgive people, would hate them. But the new Peter through Christ forgives everyone. That's the way we live now. I can remember praying for a man who was, uh, his uh, wife had left him, had took all the furniture in the house, took his boys he hadn't seen for a decade and so on. He just got saved in our church for about a week and he's on the prayer line, bitter and hurting and in pain. And I said, there's only one way to forgive your wife completely. That's the way of the cross. That's the way of Jesus Christ. I said, if he, you can't forgive her, but he'll give you the power to forgive her. Do you want to do that now? And he looked at me, he's a real tough old Aussie, this guy. And he said, yes, I will. And he chose to do that. And he went and helped his wife shift the next weekend. His ex-wife. He said, I felt no goal for her, totally transformed. He wanted to hate her. The Christ in him wanted to forgive her. And he chose to say no to the old and say yes to the new. 
Everything in your life is a choice. You are a product of your choices. Oh, it's my personality. My, my family background. Sorry, no. No matter what family background you're from, it's still your choice. My wounds that I've had in my life. I have had people that have so badly abused my church, but their choice was totally to forgive and they're a new creation. I have people that were just abused a little bit and still won't forgive and they're an old wounded person that can't go anywhere or can't be used anywhere by God. It's a product of your choice. Oh, I had no education. No, it's a choice that you make to, oh, well, I'm going to learn as much as I can in God. Oh, I was from a bad background and so on. It's your choice. It's a choice that you're making in life. People from great backgrounds that still uh, do the wrong things or make the wrong choices. And in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which we put to death their hostility. The old nature in you has got to be put to death. The hostility of the old nature, the old nature that's angry towards God has to be put to death. Reconciliation takes place. You receive, when you receive this reconciliation, is what Pastor Tony said today, you become a seed sower of reconciliation. You want to help other people reconcile. It says in Corinthians, you have the ministry of reconciliation. That's all about bringing people together, forgiving and connecting people up and changing their lives. Let's reconcile this marriage. Let's reconcile this father-son relationship. It's so important in our life. That's the evidence of the cross working in your life. The, another evidence is the blood. But now in Christ Jesus, you were once, uh, uh, once were far away but, uh, but have been brought near through the blood of Jesus. So I was miles away from God. But the blood of Jesus brought us. Sorry. Oh, sometimes it doesn't click. I must look. Okay. Okay. You want to do it? Okay. You want to come and stand up here and do it? Okay. All right. Okay. The blood of Jesus. It's, but now in Christ Jesus, you know, so you can be far away, but it brings you back. Making peace through his blood, it says in uh, Colossians 1.20. The blood of Jesus makes peace in your life. The blood of Jesus brings you near to God again. Sin has no part in your life. Don't even think you have sin. You've got to go, God has dealt with my sin. I found that very difficult, everyone. So I thought it was just too easy. When I sinned, I thought I had to beat myself up. But God taught me, the minute I sin or see something wrong in my life, just say, Pete, just say, uh, come to me and go, Lord, Forgive me for that. Immediately the blood cleanses you and move on. Don't condemn yourself, just move on. I thought surely I had to be punished. All through my life as a child I had to be punished if I was naughty. But God says, well, my son took all the punishment for you. Do you live that way in your life? So when you do something that's wrong, do you walk around and sulk for the next day or two or three? Or are you able to go, God, forgive me. God, forgive me for saying that and immediately address it and move on. That's the power of the cross working in your life. Willing to forgive yourself and move on. Number three, it brings unity and peace. For he himself is our peace. For he himself is our peace who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier dividing walls of hostility. So the cross brings peace to our life, removes the dividing walls in our life. Okay, right. Removes the dividing walls in our life. So there shouldn't be any dividing walls in your life. There shouldn't be any conflicts with people in your life. I have conflicts. I've got uh, three sisters and two brothers in my family and uh, half of them aren't Christians and uh, one's backslidden and one's fairly religious and, and there's all sorts of hostilities. But God has taught me just to love them to not get caught up in arguments, and to remove all the walls of hostility. I, I, would, you know, I want to react at times where they say things that hurt me or whatever, but God has taught me to love them, to remove the walls of hostility. If Christ is operating in your life, you'll, be just, you'll love it, be loving your enemies. You'll be forgiving your enemies. 
You'll be removing all the wars of hostility. What are we going to do, everyone, with where nations like ourselves and you, where the whole Muslim population is growing very strong and is quite contentious in the nation? That's the answer, that scripture. The cross, Jesus Christ, is going to remove the hostility. It's going to move powerfully amongst the Muslim community. It's the only answer for hostilities like that to be removed is through the power of the cross. It's the only answer. You can have counsellors, you can have police, you can have jails, you can have courts, and that will uh, you know, stem the problem a little bit. But what will remove the hostility? The power of the cross. The power of the cross has taught me to have more and more friends to forgive more and more people. The enemy desperately wants me to have enemies, but God desperately wants me to pray for my enemies and forgive my enemies, which is so important in my life. I hope these things are making sense to you. The, the blood is used every day of your life. Oh, God, just forgive me for that. Oh, that hostility there at work. I want to deal with that through Christ. I want to forgive my boss. I want to forgive that worker. I want to pray for them. This is so important. This is the power of it. Or you might be a worship leader up here and uh, you're not forgiving anyone at work and, and uh, you might be uh, you know, condemned and, and find it awkward. I used to have an argument. I, I can remember worship leading having an argument with Karen and then I said, God, I can't worship lead tonight. I've just had an argument with Karen. He said, goodness me, Peter, my blood can cleanse you immediately. Lord, I'm just sorry for that. Go and give your wife a kiss. Yes, Lord, give her a kiss. Go and lead worship now. That's the kingdom, Peter. That's the power of the cross, Peter. Just move on. Don't condemn. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1, just move on. These are, this is the way we need to live our lives. And that's at work. They go, gee, you, you don't get hostile with anyone. You're always prepared to forgive everyone. You're always prepared to work with people. That's Christ in the workplace. It's Christ in the workplace. This is so important in our life. You can access to the Holy Spirit through, through the cross. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. You get access to God, the Holy Spirit. You're able to connect with the Holy Spirit. The cross opens up the Holy Spirit to us, the power of the Holy Spirit to us. He's the sanctifier for us. The whole connection with the Holy Spirit takes place. The Holy Spirit should be very much a part of your life if you've embraced the cross. It'll be just part of your life talking to you and you'll be there to sanctify you and change your whole life. Number five, it's that you belong to God's household. The cross brings you into a household. The cross brings you into a church. The cross brings you into a place of belonging, a family. It's very powerful. So therefore, I don't know how the cross can work in people's lives if they resist to come to church. Because the cross brings you to church. The cross brings you to a whole new family. I've grown so much by being in a family and sorting it out for my brothers and sisters and getting my heart right and, and staying that. I've been the first church I was in for six months at university, finished that. And then I went back to Melbourne, my city. And the next church I went into was for six years. And I only left that church because they sent me out to plant a church. And my next church I've been in for 28 years. I'm not leaving. Because I keep living by the cross, I keep living by Jesus Christ, and it opens up the household of God to me. It makes it part of my life. And that I believe if you leave the house of God, if you leave the church, you're going to lose that power of the cross that brings you into it. Something's wrong. The cross isn't operating into you. I've been offended over and over and over. 80% of all people that leave church, it's due to offense. The cross took that offense. I no longer live, but now Christ lives in me. I've been crucified with Christ. Is that right, everyone? So I no longer live. So I'm dead. Dead people can't get offended. So I'll be out praying and God says, you're dead, Peter. Let the offense go. Offense is scandalous. It's a demonic trap. It holds us in there and we're stuck. And so on. God says, you got to, I've walked across the church and so on with communion because the pastor said, go and get your heart right if it's not right. So, oh. so on. I said, uh, I just want to exchange my glass with you and bless you, Colin. That's what I think. And uh, he didn't say a word. And so I just wanted to get my heart right. And God, I said, Lord, he didn't want to get his heart. It's irrelevant, Peter. You've done it. And so on. That man doesn't exist in the church now. His marriage broken up. And he's a mess. But that's, that's irrelevant. But he had a chance. I, that day, I could have said, no, Holy Ghost. 
See, when the cross comes into life, the Holy Ghost starts speaking to you. Go and take that communion glass. Go and pull down the dividing wall. Go and get rid of the offence. If you're going to live in this household, they're all your brothers and sisters. Treat them all the same. You got it? This is the power of cross operating in us and working in us. So I got my heart right with him. I can remember meeting him a few years later and all what we did is what he wanted to do. Plant a church and so on. I said, we've planted one, we're going ahead. And I think, but he couldn't get rid of that offence. What a dangerous thing. What a dangerous thing. The cross, if it's working in your life, all offences go. All dividing walls go. I am more gracious to my enemies than I've ever been. I actually have learnt to love my enemies through the power of the cross. I actually love them. I actually pray for them more than ever before. And so, because Christ is operating in me. And that's the power of the cross. And it just, it's just it begins to work in your life. Number six. Number six. This is great. Right at the end of this whole verse on cross, on, on the cross we have, and you're built on a foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ as the chief cornerstone. It's right at the end of it, you're in the household of God, but this is how the, the foundation to this household is Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. But the apostolic and the prophetic are very much a part of your life, Peter. If you operate out of the cross, you're going to live out of the preceding word. You're going to live out of building here on earth for the rest of your life. It's all going to be about what is God saying, and this is how we'll build. For people that live out of the cross, it's a beautiful package right at the end of that scripture. It's very powerful that will be built on Jesus Christ. And therefore, the apostolic and the prophetic will be very much a part of our life. The apostle wants to form Christ in everyone. He can't work with you if Christ isn't operating in your life. And this is the power of the cross and what God wants to bring into our life. Everything gets nailed. Next slide. Everything gets nailed to the cross. Having cancelled the written code, that's the old law. The old law said, you're a sinner. You've missed it. You're no good. That's the old law, everyone. You've messed up. With its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us, he took it away, nailing it to the cross. Everyone here, nail your old life to the cross. Nail it. Make sure it stays there. Leave it there. Don't let your old life follow you after the cross. Nail it to the cross. Leave it there. And having disarmed the powers and authorities and made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. It's so important we nail our old past. My drug addiction, my drug problem, my alcoholism, my violence. I'm very sad to say to you, but I want to share this with you. You know, I've, I've murdered abortions. That's really, that's really hard, everyone. But the power of the cross takes that too. All the mess-ups I've done before I met Christ is nailed there. And I'm not going to let them live. I, I look at times, you know, you have, look at a beautiful baby and I'm totally a pro-life person now, of course. But I've had to forgive myself. For these things, I've had to let the power of the cross live in me, not condemnation. And I've shared that with you to help you understand how bad you've been, whatever it is, nail it there. Leave it there. God can't work with wounded people because the devil will work in those things. He'll work in those landing strips. He'll work in those areas of your life. You've got to go on. You know, when I've slept with a woman, it's someone else's wife. She's got married problems. How dare I? But nail it to the cross. When I've lied and cheated or stolen or whatever, nail it to the cross. Leave it there and move on. How can you do that? Except that I know Jesus Christ. Except I know that he's forgiven me and I'm a new creation. I no longer live. I've been nailed to the cross. You've got to live this way. This is crucial. The devil will have no hold on you whatsoever. You've got to make sure that you're living in this power. And it said, this is the last three words he said, just before we go on to what had he lived after the cross. The last three words he said, Jesus said, it is finished. 
I'm on the cross, I'm in agony, I'm pushing up on those nails and taking his last breath just before he does, before he hands his spirit over to his father, he said, it's finished. Whatever is old in your life, it's finished. Now we have lots of girls that come into our church and in Australia, lots of girls get pretty badly wounded. have anorexia, self-harming, lots of girls are suicidal. That's a real big problem in Australia. And so, and they come into our house. They come into the household of God. That's the cross brings you to the household of God. They come into a place of forgiveness. They come into a place. And what happens, everyone? They are now in a place where it's all finished. And they've got to choose to say it's all over now. You know what? None of the girls that have joined us have ever got wounded again or hurt again under our covering, under the power of the cross. God just spoke to me the other day. He said, who's ever got hurt, Peter? All their problems are before the cross. But when they came into the house, I have nothing has harmed them. They are protected. They are covered. Emma Stokes will come here. Girl was transformed as she did our discipling. Phoebe, the ones that are coming here. So I asked them, Joe McNeely. Just, just their life has been changed. Polly's life. They've learned to live out of the power of the cross. This is very important, everyone, that you must have this clearly in your heart. It is finished. It is finished. The abortions, it's finished. The lying, it's finished. It's done with. The power of Satan over your life, it's all over now. He'll no longer be able to work in you again. It's impossible if you work out of the power of the cross. You've got to live that way. Get hold of this message. Go over it and over it. Write it up on your mirror. Keep going over this scripture. Keep living it until it forms in you. You'll be invincible. You'll be unstoppable. Pastor Tony will say, could you do this? Of course, I'd love to do that. Oh, well, Pastor Tony, I was really hurt once. I'm telling you, I was dyslexic, everyone. I was a stutterer, everyone. I have so many problems in my life. You can believe it. I'm under average in education, all the struggles. But I don't base my life on those things. I base my life on the cross. I base my life on Christ being formed in me. So this is the life you live from now on. After the cross, how do you live now? That's your foundation before you were a mess like me. Then the power of the cross comes across your life. You want to reconcile. You want to get your heart right. You, you want to deal with sin. You want to clean up your life. That's the, the, but how do we live our life after the cross? This is very important. But firstly, you must take all those things we learned today and how we, we live our life. That blood cleanses me all the time. I'm a reconciler. I remove every dividing wall. Even with Colin, I removed the dividing wall and changed in my glass and my heart was right with him. He didn't remove the dividing wall. I can't deal with that. But I, I'll love him and I move on. I think at the times if I didn't choose to remove the dividing wall, I don't want to forgive this person. Every time I go to prayer and God says, you must deal with that, get it right, get that over, stop thinking of that sin, it's on the cross. It's finished, Peter, move on. You must live that way in your life. After the cross, the life I live in the body, I live by faith. I've been crucified with Christ and now I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I'm going to live a life by faith now. All right? That's why I'm going to live a life. Six ways that we're going to live by faith. So your whole life from this point onwards is by faith. How can you do Faith is trusting. Faith is believing the word of God. Faith is walking and following after God. This is my whole direction in my life now with knowing what the cross has done in my life. You must live knowing what the cross has done in your life. There's so many people you've seen have had a ministry. Great preacher but they failed to build the cross in their life. And their preaching fell over. What happened to them? An offence took them out. A sin took them out. A condemnation took them out. You've got to be very careful. Number one. I've got one here. It must have been Irish. It's an Irish. To be sure. For to be sure. Okay. He was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. Likewise, everyone here, we are weak in him. Yet by God's power, we will live with, uh, with him to serve him. 
So the life I live now, I've got weaknesses. But I'm going to live out of his power. Everyone in this room, you still have weaknesses after the cross, but we find to live out of his power. I'm a stutterer. What do I do, God? And that I'll give you the power to speak, Peter. Oh, God, I'm dyslexic. I'm you know, just in, uh, writing up things or reading things or whatever. I'll give you the power. God, I, I, I don't know how to set these things up. And I you know, had a degree in physical education, but that's the level I went. And so I'll give you the power. You've got to make that choice from this point onwards. Where you're weak, you've got to get excited and know that Christ's power is going to work in me. Not find an excuse, not go, well, I'm not that good and that's well my environment I'm from or, you know, or whatever. You've got to believe that his power that's going to work in me. We live now with him to serve him. Examine yourselves, everyone in this room. Verse 5. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Very interesting scripture, isn't it? Are you living by faith? Jesus said, when I come back, I hope you'll be living by faith. Many will fall away from the faith. So after the cross has done its work, you now live by faith. Examine yourself. Are you living by faith? I've got to take faith steps all the time, everyone. I've got to take this next faith step. You know, we're buying land and building buildings or whatever it is. There's always faith steps. If I really love Karen with Christ, I believe my marriage will change. That's a faith step. Lord, I don't know. My wife has a choice to do what she likes. But this is the choice I'm making. Faith. A faith step we've got to take. Examine yourself. Test yourselves. Do, not, do you not realize that Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus, is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? If he's in you, you're living by faith. I'm going to take this step and I'm going to go for this next step in the job. So on, because I believe this is where God wants to take me. Or you could go, oh, well, I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough, and there's four others that are better at work than me, and, or whatever. God, where's the faith? I'm going to go and uh, forgive this person who's hurting me. And it's by faith. I'm going to step in there. I'm going to reach out to my family and love them. And Karen sees, I reach out to my family and love them. Don't react to them. It's by faith. I'm just going to love them, God. I'm going to live this life of love. Examine. Are you living it? When was the last time you took a faith step? I gave, I gave 10%. God says, no, oh, that was too easy. 12%. A few years later, I'm going to sign to church. I'm going to sign 15% into church. Faith steps. I keep 3% of my income and, and give it to the needs of people, benevolent needs. Another faith step. It never stops. I can't stop it. It's just the giving keeps getting higher. My life in giving out keeps getting more because they're faith steps all the time. Living by faith, everyone. Taking a step. If my pastor approached me and asked me in faith, I consider him to be God asking me. That's how I saw my pastor. I'm four years old in the Lord. You can imagine what I used to be like and four years later and so on. And my pastor approaches me and said, we really feel we should plant a church out of you too. I already had it in my heart. And that faith, I believed that that was God talking to me. He didn't come back to me until two years later. I didn't pester him. I didn't do anything because I was doing it by faith, not by man, not by manipulation, not by, hey, you promised this or whatever. No, no way. That's Faith is, well, Lord, you said it if you want to do it. And so on. And Karen and I talked about it. He came back and he said, we're really wanting you to plant. We're wanting to go left. And he said, go down there to Frankston. And so it's by faith. Now I look at myself. Hey, me, I'm struggling in our marriage. We've got things wrong here. They're still not right here. I'm not educated enough. I'm not good enough here. I can't preach, whatever. And so on. I've got to believe by faith Christ wants to do it. I've got to believe that. I'll go off and do Bible school. No, no, no. Just believe that God wants you, wanting you to do it. You've got to live a life by faith after the cross. And I base it all on the cross. I base it all on the cross. That's where I've got to come from. Church, it's, I really hope you can go for that. It's just You've got to continue to believe. Is uh, Gabriella here today with us? Little Gabriella? Daniela, is it? She, she's in there today. I'd love to pray for her at the end of the service. I, I was told yesterday she's 11% breathing capacity or heart capacity. I'm telling you, I, I say to people in my church, um, one fell off a roof and smashed their ankle. And had all these screws in their foot and so on. The doctor said, you'll probably never wear a foot again. I said, no way. You will. Just keep bringing me that foot and I'll speak over it. Because I live by faith. 
whatever's not right in this church, wherever hell appears, I'm going to make heaven come there. I'm going to speak faith there. So someone says, I'm sick. I'm going to go, gee, that's no good. Yeah, it's going around. Sorry, I'm going to say, would you mind if I just speak to that? Faith. Faith. I'm living by faith. The girl off the bad ankle, I'll pray for that ankle. We've had another guy fall off the roof too. And it's a, he said, I've recovered way beyond what the doctors had screws and bolts and everything in his ankle. It just keep bringing it, just faith. That little girl, Danielle, just keeps speaking there. 12%, 11, you know, 14%, 15%, just keep speaking it. If it's not healed the first time, I've locked it in. It is healed, but I'm just going to keep speaking it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's just persistent prayer. So I'll, I'll go after it. It's not, my problem is in the church, they won't keep bringing, the people won't come out. They don't believe it. I said, just come out, bring your wife out in the wheelchair and I'll just keep praying. Please bug me every time. Just walk, come down there and I'll, I'll leave everyone. I'll pray again. They won't bring the person down. Because they, they're not walking by faith anymore. They're walking by the doctor's diagnosis. That's, that's the challenge in your life, to live this life, living by faith. Number two, daily taking up your cross. After the cross, we daily pick it up again. Did you suffer yesterday? Every day you'll suffer in some way. Christ will therefore form in you. Does anyone have Christ that's formed in them without suffering? In the good days, he's just he's there. But in the hard days, when you cry out to him, he forms in you. Daily, take up your cross. I, I used to say to God, can you take this suffering from me? I've lost our buildings. We've had people turn on us. But all sorts of things go on in our life. I had that uh, 14 years that Joseph had, the 14 years that David had. I've had that training from God. Thank you, Lord. Every day I suffered. Some, some for about two years, I woke up at three in the morning sweating and so on and go, oh God, you know, just what am I going to do? Finances and buildings and all these problems I was under. I was suffering. I said, no, I'm going to keep following. Karen and I said, we're just going to keep following him. But there's a suffering. When you suffer, it's the highest privilege ever. Scott will know this. All the disciples in our church, when someone suffers, we go, wow, what's, what, what's God doing? It's not like you poor thing. That's the pastoral anointing. It's the apostolic anointing says, whoa, what's being formed in you? How are you handling that? Are you praying? What are you getting? What's God doing in this suffering? And we're keen to hear. Not because we're saddest or sick or anything. We're, we're keen to hear Christ. We want to hear what God's happening. I had one of our disciples who got married and so on. His wife was from a very bad background. And she just collapsed after a year of marriage and she's a real mess and so on. And uh, he was suffering every day and she didn't want to go to church and she was struggling. She had a bad breakdown and so on. And he's, uh, he, said, uh, he said, God spoke to me, Pastor, and he said, I'm the first man in her life that will never leave her. I'm going to stand by her. She's going to totally recover. And every day I'm going to suffer, but I'm going to keep loving her and uh, believing that she'll recover. Totally recovered. I said, how was it? It changed his life. It made him a man. Taking up your cross daily. When you live out of the cross, suffering will be just part of your life. It's not a shock to you. When your family turns on you, people turn on you. Living by faith daily. Number three, relationship. God must be first if you are forming Christ in your life. If you're a person that lives according to the cross God's got to be first. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his mother or father, his wife and children, that's where you know Grace has got that whole thing. You're going to leave your nation. You're going to leave all your support group and you're going to go. That's a true disciple. Scott was very lonely after a month or so. And so lonely for Manchester, Red, was it? <laughs> but, you know, just, but there's that suffering in it all. A cost in it all, and all your relationships. Some people won't do discipling because, sorry, I've got a boyfriend, a girlfriend, I've got you know a codependent relationship with my mum and dad, or friends, or parties, or whatever. And sorry, you know, God can't be first. But when the cross takes over, He becomes first. 
Karen and I have lost best friends because we followed God. Best friends that have manipulated us and said, we're not happy over this and we want you to be this in our life and so on. And we've said, look, sorry, we had to make a stand because they're in sin and so on. We had to make a stand, a loving stand. We lost best friends time and time again. We've chosen God, the word, truth and lost friends. Part of us, those friendships were close. It would be so easy. Let's just be good friends with them and compromise the word. Can't. You can't. If you live by the cross, you can't. You can't. Worship the Lord and Him only. So, and, and, and anyone who does not carry His cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Number four. This is a big one, everyone. This is a really big one. This has is, is hit Australia in a big way. I don't know about England. For Christ did not send me to baptize you, but to preach the gospel, not with words of human wisdom. Lest the cross be empty of its power. It's either counselling or the cross. Some people are getting counsel after counsel, month, year after year, the same wound, the same hurt, over and over and over. Yet the cross can deal with that in an instant. Human wisdom, counselling. I know, but you have to forgive your uncle because he did that when you're a little girl or you know a little boy or whatever. So I know this is, and you know, and, and your father was a hard man, and your mother wasn't nice, and so on and so. On. If you've been counselled, still over the same past, you have emptied the cross of its power. And that might be a hard thing to say, but in Australia, we started training up counsellors in 1990. And their councils were everywhere, and every church had 10 or 12 counselors, and so on. And everyone wasn't going anywhere, it wasn't being transformed, it was being emptied of its power. Where the cross had the power to deliver and set that person free. We've gone right back to the cross. We hardly do any counseling. When someone in our church gets counseling because they refuse the cross, they refuse our wisdom help them they don't want to have and so and, and we know they'll never probably recover they'll go round and round circles they'll have a bit of human wisdom does that make sense everyone making you feel uncomfortable <laughs> this is the power of the cross it's either counseling or the cross now please there's wisdom in the counsel of many there's no problems in going to someone and so on. But it, if you are still needing counsel after 10 years for a problem in your life something's wrong You've emptied the cross of its power. We've got to let the cross work. I'm telling you, this church is going to be powerful and people coming in, it's the power of the cross that will transform them life. Not, you know, could you cancel this one for the next? They'll need it for hours and hours the rest of their life. So some people in Australia were setting up farms because you bring someone onto a farm and you'll try and help them get over all their problems and all their difficulties. I have people that are so badly messed up my church and it's just one cross encounter, one power of God and starts to change. And we tell them now God will change. And the next thing, we now are bringing all the young Christians into what we call a Jesus encounter time. We're teaching everyone the cross immediately as they get saved. We're teaching them to get rid of all the hostilities. We're teaching them to reconcile their lives. We're teaching them to pray for their enemies. We're not waiting for 10 years later that they still haven't done it. We're wanting to get it and go and nail. And they go and nail everything on the cross. Every rotten thing they've done, every person they hate, they nail it on the cross. And we say, today, let's finish it here. And they might be only a few months on the Lord. And they're growing rapidly. Because we don't even want them coming into discipling with not knowing the power of the cross. We want them coming into discipling, knowing who they are. They're forgiven and they've forgiven this person. They've reconciled their relationship. Got a girl in my house that hasn't called her father, dad, since she was five. And just being with us, she's about two years old in the Lord. She's uh, in the same course with Scott and so on. She has totally turned her heart back to her dad. And she's calling him dad. And he came down to visit her on Father's Day, which is a miracle. And the whole connection taking place, power of the cross, reconciliation. She'd chosen in her heart before she met Christ to hate him the rest of her life. And she would have been a bitter girl. The power of the cross says, you're going to have to turn your heart to him and reconcile. She said, I don't want to. He hurt me. He left me. So I said, the power of the cross says this. There's no other way. We're not going to counsel her day after day. 
It's a choice you've got to make. She said, I know. Within half an hour, she said, I know. Here's the word of God. That's what you have to do. And she said, what should I do now? I said, you should write a letter to him. And say, if he doesn't reach out back to you. No, it's you reaching to him. We don't know if he... And he started to respond. I said, I think you should hop in the car and drive up there and see him. And so on and make a big effort and so on and show him that you care. And I think you should call him dad for the first time in the last 20 years. I said, that's my counsel for you. That's the cross counsel. That's the reconciliation, removing dividing walls counsel. She did it. She's transformed. Her father's being transformed. We have dads coming back to God because their kids are turning their hearts to them. It's the power of the cross. The dads that have left them, abused them, whatever they've done to them, forgiving them. Power of the cross. We don't have anyone year after year getting counsel of the same problem and getting human wisdom. Please don't see this in a wrong way. It's good to get counsel. But if you're getting the same counsel year after year, there's no power in it. This is if you're going to live with the cross in your life. That's powerful. We're getting people set free rapidly. Demons going rapidly. People's lives changing rapidly. This church is God's getting it ready for an incredible move of God. The power of cross is it's the only time you have. I believe you'll have a room as many people here, and you'll be saying, "Here's the power of the cross. Go and nail all the things up on the cross today, and so on." Then you'll teach them about the power of the blood. Then you'll teach them about the power of reconciliation and all those things. You teach them through it, and this is how you live your life. And they go, "That's it." And then you can you'll just have an incredible life after that. And whenever it comes up, you go. You need to reconcile. The power of the cross says you will. God will give you the power to. You can't, but God will give you the power. This is, this is so important in our lives. The cross of counseling, you've got to make that choice. It's about preaching and the power being evident. That's what needs to be happening in a person's life. Dr. Jonathan David has really affected my heart with this because he says so many people are losing the power of the cross. They're going back to just counselling. We're not counselling through the cross, through the power of the cross. Number five, we have, uh, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, been tempted in every way possible, just as we are, yet without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. After the cross, your life should be a life of faith where you approach the cross, where you approach the throne with confidence. When was the last time you jumped up on your dad's knee? Your father's knee in heaven. God had to teach me. This is how I used to come before God. Uh, Lord, I've just messed up again. And, um, you know, God said, for goodness sakes, read the scripture, Peter. Come before me. Come before me boldly, it says. Hey, Dad, I messed up again. Thank God for the cross. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank God for his blood. Come on, I hear Pete jump up on my knee. Give us a hug. I had to learn to do that. That's the power of the cross. The old law is you've missed it again. You're no good. You're useless thing. And so on. you're still sinning, are you? got to come boldly before him he knows every pain you've gone through he's been through it too but he didn't sin he knows what it's like he can sympathize with you can understand it it really hurts he says i know it does i sweat at blood does anyone sweat at blood in this room it can happen but you have to be under horrendous duress to do that so he's been under that and the last one is Come to me, all those who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest and take on my yoke upon you. Learn from me. Learn from me. So when we first come to him, and when the power of the cross hits my life, I had a rest instantly. Everyone who gets saved gets rest instantly. They just feel at peace. But the honeymoon of peace goes. It's the after the cross time is you've got to learn from me how to keep that peace. You've got to learn from me how to keep rest in your life. How do you do that, Lord? Forgive that person. Let it go. Let your wife go. Don't condemn her. Don't you know, fight with her. Let it go, Peter, and you'll get a peace for that. You'll get rest, Peter, if you don't contend with your boss. You'll get rest, Peter, if you don't contend with your pastor. Learn from me. Take my yoke on. It's easy. It's going to be light, Peter. 
Oh, Lord, but I feel it's unfair. It's unjust, irrelevant. You're dead, Pete. You no longer live, but Christ will live in you. Was it unjust for him? Yeah, every day. It wasn't very pleasant for him. You will have a time, everyone. Everyone, you have a time of Christ being formed in you. You'll have a good, solid season. I had 14 years of it. It was my education from heaven time. School of spiritual education time. And that's where everything had to be killed off in me. That's what will be killed off in you. If you truly have said, God, use my life, train my life. I want to be sent. I want to be used by you. God will put you in a cave like David or he'll put you in jail like Joseph. He'll put you in a place where you have to grow and mature. You have to come through. Can we all stand, please? Is that yours, Lord, right now, just could you open up your hearts right now? Just nail all those things onto the cross. Let those things go right now in your life, right now. All those things that have bugged you and we've got to reconcile here. We pray for the minister of reconciliation here. People getting their hearts right with people. People nailing things on the cross. When I spoke this, a young man had been in our church for two weeks and he came out and he wept and he's cried and so on. And he just, he said, I've got so free. I just had to get everything out of my life. And so on. He just, he just, he didn't have a call. He just came out. He just wanted to get his life cleaned up. Lord, we just come right now before you. Lord God, forgive me for not living out of the power of the cross. Forgive me for letting me live rather than Jesus live in me. Right now I choose for Jesus to live in me more and more and more. Lord God, I want to live out of that power in my marriage and relationships at work, Lord God, even right now in the name of Jesus. I come to you, Lord God. I want the power of the cross. Lord, just in an area of weak, wherever you're weak right now, just bring that to God. Bring that to God. Just, Lord, when I'm weak in this area, Lord, I want you to live in me and work in me. I need the power of God working in me in this area of my life. Lord God, I'm, I no longer live, but Christ now lives in me. And the life I live is by faith. Lord, it's said to examine myself. Lord, I've got to get my faith going again. I've got to get that faith going that wants to believe the best of people, that wants to reach out and do your will, Lord God. Father God, I want to live by this faith, Lord God, right now in Jesus' name. We just declare that right now in the name of Jesus. Father, a whole new life, a whole new life breaking forth. Lord God, this church is going to be a powerful church. People are going to come in and get set free by the power of the cross in this church. And so therefore, we must live out of that power. We must live out of that. Father, forgive me for just getting counsel all the time. Forgive me for living with a wound as a badge on my life. Father, it should be nailed to the cross, not nailed to me, Lord God. Father, let me put all the wounds on the cross. Let me put all the, my sins on the cross. Let me put all those things that need to remain on the cross, Lord God. Father, if I mess up, to, even tonight again, I'm just going to immediately call on the blood of Jesus. I'm going to live out of the power of the cross. Every time I messed up, I had to learn to come to that blood again. And I'm going to run into the arms of God. Even right now, I want you now to come to the throne room of God. Not reluctantly, not fearfully, boldly. I want you to stand in the presence of God boldly. You can only do that because he's died for you. It is finished. The power of Satan is finished in your life. There's no power of Satan in your life at all. Don't ever say the devil's after me. The devil's trying to get me. He can't. He can't. Oh, Lord, we stand before you right now in Jesus' name. Right now in Jesus' name. We just declare it in the name of Jesus. I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live is by faith in the Son of God. In the Son of God, in the Son of God, right now in Jesus' name. Therefore, sickness cannot have anything to do with my life. Mental sickness, physical sickness, emotional sickness has nothing to do with me. Father God, I thank you right now. I want to get my heart right with everyone. 
Lord God, I want to forgive everyone through the power of the cross. I want to reconcile my life. If there's people there that you're not talking to or you won't go near to, you know, there's one just before I left and God said, I want you to text this pastor. Text him and affirm him and just say something to him. That's what, when you're into reconciliation, it's interconnecting. It's interrelating and so on. You know, he doesn't deserve a text from me. Whatever, It's irrelevant. Just do what the Holy Ghost wants to do. From the time you receive the cross, you have a household. You have a church. It opens up to you. You have a Holy Spirit that's going to sanctify you. He's going to speak to you. He's going to continue to work in your life and change your life powerfully. It's so exciting. It's so exciting. Thank you, Father God. Father God, we just thank you. Father, even right now, we just connect that with you right now. We just thank you, Father God. Lord God, I live out of the power of that cross. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, for the joy set before him. Take hold of your wife's hand if you've done the marriage enrichment. We're going to live out of the power of the cross. Our marriage is going to live, Father God, by Jesus Christ working in our lives. I believe my wife's going to become more like Christ. I believe my husband's going to become more like Christ. We just believe that right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Whatever you're in, if you've got a difficult class teacher, if you've got a difficult job, whatever, whatever your boss is now, I want you to pray for him. I want you to pray for them. God, give me a chance to reconcile with them. Give me a chance to love this person. I can't do it. Just acknowledge that right now. I can't, Lord. There's not much left in me, but I ask for your power to operate in me. I ask for the power to cross to work in me. Give me a love for clients. Give me a love for people. Give me a love for people in my family right now. They might be speaking against me, might be able to talk to me or they, or people that talk behind my back. I choose to love them by the power of the cross, by the power of the cross right now. Right now, whatever the situation is, whatever the Holy Spirit's bringing up right now, you choose out of the power of the cross. I'm going to love that person. And you've got to acknowledge, I'm weak in that. I don't want to love that person. I'm hurt. I, Lord, I haven't got anything for them. But Lord, give me your power. Give me the power to love them. Give me the power to reach out to them. Lord God, when someone is sick, I feel weak. Or oh, what can I do? Give me the power to step out, to lay hands on them, Lord God. Where I'm weak, you'll make me strong. Paul boasted about his weaknesses that God's power would rest on him. God's power would rest on him. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you. This is the foundation to your Christian walk. This is the foundation to the apostolic grace that would flow. It's got to be Christ. If we don't form young people on Christ, they'll leave us. If we don't form marriages on Christ, they'll fall apart eventually. He is our rock. He is the one we've got to build on. You'll be powerful in the workforce with Christ in you. You'll be powerful in every situation. If you are Christ in your street, you'll be powerful. It just every you can't help but say hello to people.